seven A, and they're just uh, and 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 extremely talented. But just to think of teams having to face that quarterback for four more years—that's uh, that's just crazy. But yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, some word on movement on the Auburn coaching staff, Auburn football coaching staff, as we get uh, uh, closer and closer. The dead period for football recruiting ends at midnight tonight, so coaches can be on the road. And we'll uh, we'll talk about what coaches um, that we know of that could be on the road for Auburn. Auburn basketball back in action tomorrow night as they take on Paul. No, it's Colgate. I always wondered where Paul Olive. There should be there should be a little Paul Olive school. Uh, no, Colgate not bad though. Crest. Uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. The, uh, the voice you heard other than mine there briefly with one word. That's Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, uh, joining me here in the studio. Dan is, uh, joining us by Skype. Do we have, oh, we don't have him yet. Oh, okay. Well, gee, what a shock. What a shock. We'll, we'll, we'll he ought to know when the show comes on. Uh, well, but, but since he didn't have to be here, yeah. you know, that pushes things back just a little sure. bit. He's, he's got a Troy women's basketball game tonight, uh, shortly after the drive. So he'll be Skyping in momentarily. Justin, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's been a uh, pretty busy week. It- it's not slowing down anytime soon, but a whole lot to talk about today for sure. Yeah, let's see. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and take care of a little business. Hour number one of the drive brought to you as usual by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. So with Dan Skyping in, you can still call in. We'd love for you to join in. Your thoughts on anything going on in the world of sports. There's some more coaching hires. We can talk talk about the the official word now the college football playoff moving to 12 teams after one more season following this year um and uh let, so so we've got quite a few things to talk about with you want to let you know let's see in the five o'clock hour we'll check back in with david pascal from the chattanooga times free press and uh espn chattanooga he is in his final hour of his show, Press Row, on ESPN Chattanooga as we speak. He'll join us right at the top of the hour, at the bottom of hour number two. It is the first of our Basketball Tiger Takes segments, as we will be joined once again this season by Auburn senior guard, Zepp Jasper. I'll tell you what, what's been um, sort of interesting <clears throat> is we could have cut promos for two straight years saying the same thing because we had Auburn senior tight end, John Samuel Schinker, two years. Mm-hmm. And now it's been Auburn senior guard Zepp Jasper for two years. Yeah. Because of COVID, everybody, you know, had the opportunity for a second year. And we're, we're fortunate to have Zepp back with us again this year. And Zepp is, <coughs> I think, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, uh, player to talk to on the team. He, he will talk to you about anybody and mm-hmm. anything. And he always does it really, really well. Um, so, yeah, it's a... Uh, I think I think the show y'all show is going to benefit greatly from having Zepp on uh, here weekly for another year. So um, yeah, we're, we look forward to that. In the meantime, the uh, phone lines are open. The Kia of Auburn hotline is open at three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'd love for you to join in, Justin. Let's see um, one of the other things that that is going to be very very important to watch. Players are announcing. Mm-hmm. But they can't officially enter the transfer portal until Monday. But a lot of players are going ahead and, and letting it be known, <clears throat> including Auburn 
offensive guard Keandre Jones. And Keandre Jones made it a point to put in his statement uh, about going into the transfer portal that he could come back to Auburn. I think he's going to want to feel out kind of offensive line coach and, and, and the staff and see how it goes before he makes his decision whether he wants to go somewhere else for his uh, – he's got two years of eligibility remaining or um, you know stay at Auburn. So we've already seen you know uh, Landon King – put his name in the mm-hmm. or at least have intention to put his name in the portal and then come back so i think that's going to be something to keep an eye on uh, my buddy uh david ubbin at the athletic made a really good point today is that with nil now and just kind of the 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 campaigns that that have happened um you're probably going to see people go into the portal and not necessarily leave their team um it you know the team that's currently there uh, that, that he's with. Uh, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of a negotiating. Be, it can yeah. be a negotiating ploy. Absolutely. So that's going to happen. <laughs> I saw Ole Miss uh, today announce Quinshaw yeah. Judkins I saw, was coming I, back. I, I saw the little video. Yeah. Yes, it was like it was like a contract extension, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how it feels at this moment. So, be interesting to see what Auburn does uh, in the portal, and and you know I would imagine there's going to be a decent amount of turnover, both incoming and outgoing, with this Auburn team. Uh, in the portal, and it's going to have to be just because this is uh, with with as many seniors and as many NFL guys are on this team. It's going to be a, a big reset button, I think, uh, and it's an opportunity for um, guys to go get a new start, whether it's at Auburn or going somewhere else, which we saw quite a bit of last season. Yeah, so um, uh, so we will see. Don't be yes, don't be, so don't be surprised. And and the other thing is, don't be upset at at seeing a player do this. It makes perfect sense. He doesn't mm-hmm. know. He doesn't know who his offensive line coach is. He doesn't know nope. who the offensive coordinator is going to be. Nope. He doesn't know how he would fit into the offense. So it makes a whole lot of sense to at least, you know, see what his options are. And then I would think that, uh, you know, un- un- unless it's something that he just feels like it wouldn't work, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Keandre back. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Um, I think that would be something. I think that would be something that Auburn would definitely want because if you don't have him back, you're hitting mostly the reset button on your yeah. offensive line. Jeremiah Wright and Keandre Jones and then take Johnson a healthy Tate Johnson. That like Yeah, you're looking you're looking for tackles for sure all tackles, right now. Tackles your I mean Colby Smith is the only guy who's not a senior that has even cracked a two deep at tackle. Mm-hmm. Um so that would be something they they would definitely need to focus on. But if they could get Keandre Jones to stay and have G- Jeremiah Wright stay, take Johnson come back, you at least have an interior where you're like, okay, you're not having to start from zero. Well, you've got some guys that have played yep. at, at at all three interior spots. And you know, I, I would imagine to see I would imagine we, we would see more guys enter the transfer portal from Auburn. Um and yeah, especially now it's just it's not a guarantee that they're gone um and you know i think it's one of those things where if you're not a hundred percent sure that you want to be here or that you want to be at your current school you can just go into the portal and see what's out there um now you have a window of where you need to make your decisions and all that but um i you know i think it's a i think it's a good move i mean we see this all the time like with coaches you know how many coaches were at least linked to the Auburn job that are staying here? And I'm not just talking Lane Kiffin, but others. Other like coaches can reach out and kind of feel around mm-hmm. a little bit. Players, their agents, their agents can uh, float their names out there. So if you're not a com- 100% completely like I want to be here, I know for sure this is the best situation for me. Why not? Why not? There's no harm in doing it, and um, it's just something that everyone's got to deal with now. I think uh, Dan now joining us by Skype. Dan, how you doing today? He's blown or, away, or maybe not. Well, we'll 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 check in just a uh, 
just a minute. I think it'd be great if he just started talking in the middle of it. Like, we're, we're talking, and then just Dan's voice just disembodied pops up somewhere. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I, I think the portal, uh, the uh, the first year of the window for the portal is going to make this really, really fascinating. And it's going to feel, I think it's going to feel like like NFL, NBA free agency. Well, I mean, especially with, with now with no longer the 25 scholarship limit. I oh, mean, yeah. every team is trying to uh, determine how many spots do we have? How many players can we bring in? Who are we going to hang on to? Yeah, it, it is crazy. Yeah. It's it, going to be like starting. It's going to be like, all right, you're playing a fantasy game and we're redrafting. Yep. You know, it's like every, everybody's going back into the pool or yeah, can. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have, I don't have the depth of or of the uh, Bill Cameron depth chart. But I will say one of the things we do uh, at the Observer um, that we put in our paywall is a scholarship chart where mm-hmm. we go right. position by position, class by class, and, and that's that. tougher because of COVID and because so of tough. Auburn not listing them. Auburn's listing the most players by the time they've been in school, and I and usually most years whenever I do that. I just go back to last year's reset. Really, uh-huh. I'm starting completely it's from tough. scratch this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to start completely from scratch. I, I, I was starting to do. As a matter of fact, I was gonna do is start updating my depth chart, and I went, "Nah, I'm gonna wait a while. I'm no. gonna wait because I've got to wait and see who goes in, and uh, who is then reeled back in, yeah. and and start adding who you're gonna get." All right, do we have Dan with us now? Dan. I hope his equipment works better when he does his broadcast he here in a little bit. He can hear he can hear us, but we can't hear him. I, I had a radio hit yesterday where the exact same thing happened. Oh, I've, I can those hear them. Those happen, all the uh, but time. I couldn't. I couldn't. They they couldn't hear me. So, uh, apologies to the people in Florence who were wanting to hear my insights yesterday. Um, but no, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm you're going to have to start from scratch this year with your roster. Uh, and, 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 and Hugh Freeze said, I mean, he, he said, and I, I agree with him 100%, that the first thing here is, is the transfer portal. I mean, sure, he's got to get to know his players. He's got to get a staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but they have got to really be on top of the portal because it's about to explode. Yeah, it absolutely is. I think there's some guys who went in today that make sense for Auburn. Um, I think it's also funny if you follow Auburn players on social media, you can start to see maybe them doing some little recruiting as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a big-time defensive lineman from Texas A&M that went into the portal today. was a top-50 recruit in the class of 2021. Uh, and uh, I noticed a couple of Auburn players retweeting his announcement, maybe popping in there, and like, yeah, like some of the Texas. And they're guys. probably not being discouraged by some of the folk. I mean, even if the players don't know them, it doesn't hurt. I mean, because they've got pretty much a department. Everybody does now. Yeah, has a department that is keeping an eye on on who's making any announcement, who's going in, and don't think that uh, don't think that they're not encouraging some mm-hmm. of the players on their teams to go. Hey, uh, you know. Show show players, that you're interested. Players are as much of the recruiting process as have to be as you know. Uh, maybe not the coaches. Uh, they can't like co- coaches can actually go into homes and stuff like that. But players, I mean, you talk about like when guys come on campus, the players mm-hmm. being the liaisons, the hosts uh, for for these these visits, they play such a big part. And and um, so you see some of that kind of bleed out on social media early. Uh, but yeah, I think Auburn's. Especially the line of scrimmage, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get as much help as they can get in the portal. But then there's some spots where like pretty much every position on the field, if somebody is open, if there's if there's an interest or something like, I, you can I, get a better player anywhere. I mean, I think you do it. Or but even I mean, a guy who you, you definitely want to fill spots. Like I, I think of I think of the quarterback's position, and it's like, yeah, I see 
the potential of Robbie Ashford sure. under Hugh Freeze for but, sure. But, but what if? Right, and I also see the last two years, I mean, even when Auburn had Bo Nix, they went into the portal in this new era. It's like get a quarterback to be competitive with, and you know, thank goodness for Auburn that they that they got Robbie in this mm-hmm. in this last cycle. But you know, you got to get somebody competitive. So, for example, I'm not saying that this is somebody Auburn's definitely going after. I'm interested in seeing what what this looks like, though. You know, Auburn at running back this year. That's going to be a really strong position with um, you know with what you've got in Jarquez Hunter coming back. Demario Austin's got a lot of potential. Jeremiah Cobb uh, coming in. If Tank go, comes or goes, and a lot of people think he's going to go to the NFL, uh, Cavassier Smoke, uh, Alabama kid, picked That's right, it, went into the portal today that, from Kentucky. That, uh, I mean, all everything I'd heard when he was in school over in Wetumpka was that uh, he was very interested in Auburn. Yeah, and, and back in the day. And it would be interesting to see just kind of if that's a player Auburn would go after. I mentioned that uh, defensive lineman from um, from uh, from from Texas A and M, uh, Brennan Armstrong. A couple of offensive linemen. Brennan Armstrong. Uh, you used to talk about quarterbacks. Brennan Armstrong into the portal today. Mm-hmm. He had a terrible year this year for Virginia. Everybody at Virginia had a, a terrible year on the field for them. Uh, just year one, just did not go well for Tony Elliott at all. Um, but in 2020 and 2021. You know, Brennan Armstrong was really good. And, of course, Virginia, obviously, your staff is coming from right down the road. So, I mean, that would be something where you would look at and say, okay, you might see a connection there. You might see some interest. So, I mean, there's a lot of that uh, kind of going on right now. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, if it makes remote sense, yeah, link Auburn to a guy because that's that's just kind of going to have to be this year. We, during the Brian Harson tenure, like before, like well before he even got fired, the word was Auburn was going to sign a smaller high school class and go heavy in the transfer portal. I think even now you're going to have to do it even more with with, with the transition that you're about to go into. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think they're going to go heavy into the transfer portal, but I think they're going to go after more high school players than than the staff prior staff was going to. Yeah, and and they had a decommitment today uh, from the wide receiver. Yeah, Uh, and 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 perhaps another. So maybe maybe a couple gone. Did you notice uh, Liberty's uh, top receiver commit decommitted? See, I mean, there's going to be stuff yeah. like that kind of coming in the future. So it's it's all fluid. It's all very, very fluid. And, um, you know, it gives us stuff to talk about and, and, and keep track of throughout the process. But it's going to be a wild off season, And uh, I, I do think, though, this being a the first time of a portal window, everything's going to get so concentrated, mm-hmm. which is good. It's better for the players. It's better for the coaches, especially, to have some sort of management. And I think it's better for us so we can kind of like, all right, we know this is going to come out like a fire hose right I mean, now. It's, well, it's 30 days starting Monday, 30 yeah. days, and then another one, you know, later. After after spring ball. Yeah, right. I just you don't – I think this was just the smartest way to do it. Uh, and, um, you know, this will be a – Again, like I said, it's it it feels like NFL or NBA free agency. It's gonna mm-hmm. that thing's gonna open. People are gonna make Monday. People are gonna make moves already. Oh yeah, and then it's just gonna kind of keep going and keep going until until the window shuts. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, Bill here in the studio, Drew at the controls. We'll see if we can uh, connect with Dan. We'd love for you to join in though. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We're just underway here on the Thursday Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the Thursday Drive. Bill, Justin Ferguson here in the studio, and we'll uh, we'll check in with Dan here momentarily. We have calls holding on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Well, we had calls. One of them, uh, we lost Ed. Ed, if you get a chance, give us a call back. We'll go to Terry. Hey, Terry, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, I've got a question for Justin. Um, Justin, yes, I've already, already seen Landon King come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, might, might we see any other players come back to Auburn that left, left under, under, under Ron Harson? Uh, I haven't heard anything recently about Chick Dawson. That would be the other one uh, to keep okay. in mind. Um, uh, that might be it. I think, in terms, I think so. In terms of people I've heard of, like at least there being a chance. I had heard last month that Landon had a shot of coming back, depending on who the coach was, and then and then Tavares Dawson as well. So those are you know Dawson would be the other one I'd just keep an eye on right now. Yeah, it's going to be. Where did- I'm sorry, Bill. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's going to be interesting seeing the type receivers that uh, that, that Hugh Freeze and yeah. his staff uh, want to go after. I mean, they've got a few slot-type guys. You know, I just wonder what, what else they're going to go. And, and speaking of that, Auburn lost a guy uh, sort of that size today, uh, decommitment from uh, Adam Hopkins. Yeah, and we'll keep an eye on Sorry as well. Right. Now, the kid that, that committed to Auburn and decommitted from Central Phoenix City, what, what's his status? Carmelo English. Auburn is in his final Final few, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I've heard Kentucky as a, as a big contender for him. It will be mm-hmm. interesting to see if Auburn goes back and pushes him because you know when Auburn when he decommitted, I don't want to call it a mutual decision, but it was one of those things where things had kind of backed off and cooled off. But that was the previous staff, so you know right. new staff right. next. To, I mean, he's a, he's a really good football player from right down the road, and that would obviously make a lot of sense, especially if you just lost a guy right. in, in, in in Hopkins and. No, English isn't huge, but he plays really physically for a guy his size, so I think he'd be a good fit wherever he ends up. Now, and back to my original question, the name you didn't mention was Corey Moore. Where did he end up? Who? Coy hasn't gone anywhere as far as I know. I thought he, uh, uh, the receiver that left last, I can't remember, did he leave? Go in the portal? No. 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 Okay. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of the other receivers. Who? No, nah, the, the guy last year, I, I may have the name wrong, I probably do, but... He left last year. Play. He was a leading receiver last year. Oh, Kobe. Oh, Kobe Hudson. Kobe Hudson. He went to UCF. Right. Um, didn't play a whole lot at the beginning of the year, but by the end of the year, he was he was one of their key guys. So, yeah, he's he's down with Gus at UCF. Okay. Sorry, I got the name wrong, guys. Yeah, I appreciate okay. No, no problem. You. Yeah, I, and, and what we're trying to do now is uh, there, there are all kinds of uh, rumblings about possible staff additions. Now, um, yesterday... We, uh, you know, we got the we got the the, the word that everyone was uh, released, with the exception of, of course, we knew uh, Cadillac was staying on as associate head coach and running backs coach, and then Zach Etheridge and Christian Robinson, but we still really don't know their roles, mm-hmm. uh, and and if they are, I think it's going to for sure on the staff. Yeah. Or if this is sort of an evaluation period, yeah, and and reportedly, um, and this is by multiple outlets at this point, um, Auburn has a defensive line coach. You know, they they, they yeah, Jeremy Garrett is is uh, very was the, was the defensive line coach for Hugh Freeze at Liberty this past year. The two years before that, he was an assistant defensive line coach with the Cleveland Browns. If you know anything um, about the Cleveland Browns, they've had a killer defensive line for for quite some time. And and the the other thing I'm, I I mentioned this a couple of times yesterday, the guy he was an assistant to 
is a former assistant to Hugh Freeze, and that's Chris Kiffin, yep. Lane's younger brother, um, who, who whose name definitely has has been uh, talked about as a possible defensive coordinator candidate. It would be interesting to see what what they do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, there's obviously people who have Hugh Freeze ties. There's people who have Auburn ties. It would make sense as well on that side. Uh, a little bit, though, about Jeremy Garrett. Uh, Liberty's, uh, I tweeted this out earlier uh, today, or before you came on, um, Liberty's 2022 defensive line stats, the advanced numbers from Football Outsiders, they're 10th. Uh, in average line yards allowed, which is like a run-stopping run stat. Fourth in standard downs, 24th in opportunity rate, which is limiting big plays. Seventh in stuff rate, and fifth in sack rate. Yeah, they led the, they led the, the nation in tackles for loss, and they were fourth in sacks. Yeah, the the, the schedule is what it is. You know, Liberty's, <laughs> sure. not, Liberty's not playing a murderer's row. But by, in, in both run-stopping and pass-rushing, Raw stats. This was a top ten defensive line last year, and obviously Garrett brings a lot of experience in, and 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 you know, uh, it, it helps to coach to help coach out Miles Garrett for a few years in the NFL. But you know, he's he's got a really good track record, and that's a part of it. Like Liberty's season, especially in the last few weeks, did not you know necessarily inspire a ton of confidence. No. I know when people look at numbers. But that defense, that defensive line did work from beginning to end this year. It was a very, very good unit. Well, uh, it, it's I'm, and this is not trying to make an excuse or anything, but a lot of teams when their coaches start being talked about for possible other jobs, uh, those teams, those teams don't play as well. That the timing was just, I mean, from from what I've heard about this search, Auburn was in contact <laughs> with Hugh Freeze for weeks, mm-hmm. weeks and weeks and weeks before they made the decision. Um, you know, obviously Lane Kiffin was in the mix there, but Hugh Freeze was in. I mean, the constant contact for weeks and weeks and weeks now. So it's not really surprising that things kind of went sideways. And you can have your own opinion on on you know not why that is, but what your reaction to that is. But it does it does you know stand to reason that like okay, this team was clearly not the same when it looked like Hugh Freeze was going to be a legitimate candidate at Auburn. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Anthony is next. Hey, Anthony. Hey guys, how you guys doing today? Pretty good. I want to say congratulations to the Lady Auburn High <clears throat> Tigers football team to winning that state title and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. That's good for the city and good for female sports. Sure. Yeah, and they were they were a really fun team uh, all season long, and uh, yeah, great great uh, accomplishment. A lot of great athletes on that team. I got a chance to watch the game, the replay this morning when I got off work, and I enjoyed it. I tell you that. But I want to move along to the high school boys. You know, I wouldn't have thought that things would have turned out like they did last night. Uh, you had a guy, a kid that's in the 7th or 8th grade, uh, 13 grade. or 14 years old, yeah. comes in like a Joe Montana, <laughs> has all the intangibles, can read a defense, uh, can put you in a position you need to be in, throw five touchdown passes, uh, only made one goof with an interception, but yet stayed calm and cool on the the biggest spotlight of a high school kid could possibly be in a, in a 7A barn burner state championship uh, in Jordan Stadium, uh, 30 some thousand people watching, had never been in a situation like that and played like a veteran and laid his team to victory. I mean, good God, that's got to be God-given talent. And you're oh, probably yeah. looking at this. Could be possibly the greatest quarterback, a greatest athlete ever in the history of athletes. Uh, well, he's got a, he's got a chance to 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 break every record in the state if he, if he stays healthy and is the man for the next four years, no doubt. You know, uh, I know they give out a high school Heisman next week. Uh, I think it's after the championship games uh, next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, before they give out the Heisman for college, 
Somebody need to uh, mention this guy's name. Is I'm gonna mention or something or Victor uh, uh, Heisman Trust or somebody know about this kid? <laughs> uh, people are gonna know the name of. Trent Seaborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they don't already know it, you're you're right about that. Unbelievable story Anthony. as well. Yeah, it's unheard of for a kid to do what he did. But uh, I know he got the uh, most valuable award and he gave it to his teammate. They go right. to show you the guy. That just goes to show you that's just class, uh, unselfish. That's just a team player. That, I mean, he felt like he didn't deserve it. He'd rather give it to the other guy because he thought he uh, deserved it more than he did. I tell you, I, you just don't hardly see stuff like that nowadays. Uh, somebody be that gracious, or that humble to do something like that. Uh, I tell you, it looks like his parents doing a good job, but I'm going to do you one better. Somebody brought it to my attention that uh, he's either related to Tua or they are good family friends. Yes, or I, I, be- I, believe they, I believe they live with the tongue of our there in yeah, Alabama. Very, very tight. Uh, well, we'll say this, and I know y'all are up against a break, but uh, there's a Sports Illustrated story from seven years ago where it talks about Marcus Mariota and his relationship with Tua Tagovailoa. In the story, there is a quote in there about Tua throwing around with with you know kids. One of them is a they yeah, mentioned, probably was a first or second grader. Said, yeah, it's a, they said Trent Seaborn, a first grader who has surprisingly good arm for yeah. his age, and here he is seven years later That's playing on the biggest stage in high school high school. And look at I mean I'm telling you. One of the best performances I've ever seen from a quarterback, and he is in the eighth grade. One yeah. of the best, one of the best high school quarterbacks. Mind blowing, Anthony. Great stuff. We do need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Justin here in the studio, and and then we're we're gonna we're gonna go. Um, it's sort of like uh, we're we're gonna go a little retro. We're gonna go to the phone and see if we can uh, check in with Dan. Dan, can you can well? He's been able to hear us. Let's see if we can hear Dan now. Yeah, I, I think you guys can hear me this way. We got you. Yeah. Am I on? We got you. Right, there, yeah, as there, a matter of fact, we yeah, we're introducing him as Dan Pack from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> we're not. We're not. The Chattanooga Times Free Press would be surprised to find that out. No, I tried, no, I tried to do the same thing. I tried to Skype in on my phone a couple of minutes ago, and uh, no, there, there's no audio coming into the board um, from Skype. So, so we've I'm got glad, a problem on I'm this I'm glad end. we realized it. I'm glad we realized it now and not when we were at Franklin. Oh, uh, yeah, no kidding. Yep. That that could have been that could have been a problem. We realized a couple minutes before airtime on Monday, but no, we'll we'll get that fixed. But uh, but no, I've been able to hear uh, most of uh, most of the show, and uh, and I'm sorry I couldn't uh, sorry I couldn't come today. I didn't want to risk it with the uh, with the, with the Trojans in Fayetteville uh, tonight, and uh, yeah. I would have had to uh, I would have had to jet back home to the to the studio uh, in order to, uh, to to catch this one on time. So so yeah, I think this is going to work out better. But show's been uh, show's been great so far, guys. Well, thanks. Well, I mean, there, there's I know, a yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know why you even brought me in. I, I could just uh, no, no. It's, uh, it's and and Justin, it's um, you know, I I guess what I I don't know how much because I missed a little bit of the first segment. Uh, but you know, one one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because there have been so many opinions mm-hmm. in the uh, you know in the aftermath of Auburn uh, hiring Hugh Freeze, and you're still you're still catching it, you know, yeah. from, from a lot of different that directions, going away. A, lot, a lot of different a lot of different takes. What do you say to people who think Hugh Freeze, or, or you know, because I'm sure, and, and I'm, I imagine you've got a question like this in the mailbag, sure. where 
people people think that you know Hugh Freeze is undeserving of this opportunity at Auburn because of his conduct in, in the past. I'll say this: I think college sports is one of those places where um, second and third chances come all the time. Um, I don't think this is a thing that's unique to Auburn. I do understand the frustration uh, and the criticisms that uh, Auburn fans have made about the hire. Uh, I myself thought that uh, it would be, you know, the hire freeze would be too divisive. Um, but you know, Auburn stuck to its guns, um, the 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 people in charge, and said, "This is the guy that we have as our best fit and, and who we want." And so they stuck to it, um, and so I, I will say it's it's one of those things where. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze has, has got a obviously got a lot in his past, and in some in his not not so distant past as well. Um, so I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like you're, this is not unique to Auburn. This is not unique. You know, coaches getting second chances and third chances. Um, you know, uh, and I think my thing is is just for now, it's like as somebody who covers Hugh Freeze and this team now, it's just like you know. All right, what happens moving forward? What happens moving forward? And I know one thing, when you have a when you have a history like Hugh Freeze does, he's going to be under a very very tight microscope um moving forward. And uh that that to me is going to be the big thing is just what what does he do with this with this opportunity? I he wanted the job for sure, and I think he's going to do everything in his power to make this successful, uh of course. Um, but you know, it's, when you said the criticism and the, um, and just kind of the, the, the anti-free sentiment from a lot of people in the media and elsewhere, that's not going away and that's not going to go away even if he wins football games. Um, but that it had to be part of the calculus in Auburn making this decision. They knew that. Oh, they absolutely had to know that. They absolutely knew that and they, and they did it and they did it anyway. And, and so that's the thing. It's like, um, I wrote about it earlier this week. I personally, you know, my my beliefs are people shouldn't be judged by their mistakes uh, in their in their past for the rest of their life indefinitely. Uh, but our past and what we've done in the past do come with consequences um, that that carry on for a while, and so you're going to keep seeing this moving forward, and it's just going to take Hugh Freeze, um, you know, not having those same mistakes in the past, and 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 seeing what he can do in, in building uh, building Auburn up in, in his second chance to run an SEC program. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've settled on a lot of the same, you know, the same points of view. It's, it's an industry full of people getting second or third chances, many sure. of whom did things that brought more disgrace or scandal to themselves or their family or their school than Hugh Freeze did uh, upon upon his departure. You know, there there are other coaches we don't have to oh. name the list or anything. Right. There, there right. are other coaches who have, you know, who probably if Hugh Freeze doesn't deserve a second chance, there there are a long list of coaches who received second chances. That probably uh, yeah. didn't receive. You know, that probably shouldn't have received them either. Uh, but I, I guess I echo what, what Justin just said about. Yeah, I'm also if if anything were to happen, I want to see how you know. Now the attention turns to how the university would respond, mm-hmm. right? In, in the face of any of any misconduct uh, or scandal, you know, in, in, during during the Hugh Freeze era, because there would probably be even more pressure in the face of the last week or so. To deal with it, you know, to, to, to be zero zero tolerance, oh, yeah. right? And you know, in, in in the face of some of the things that that doomed Hugh Freeze in the past. And I'll, and I'll say this: you talk, you think now, John Cohen, Rich McGlynn, 
uh, Chris Roberts. I mean, everybody involved in this process for Auburn, like their names and their uh, part of who they, their reputations are going to be attached to this. And so if it doesn't work, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny involved with that. Um, but they knew that. And I think if you're willing to make a hire like this, you are well aware of the risk and you are well aware of the consequences if it backfires. Um, but I also, I am of the opinion also that I think Hugh Freeze uh, is is a guy that's going to take full advantage of this second chance and and um, you know show that he is not going to repeat some of the same mistakes of his past. I I I, I personally believe that, but we'll see. We'll see what what happens moving forward. The word you just used, you know, because I I sort of yeah I've, I've settled on risk versus reward too as as one of the things to really think about with this Hugh Freeze thing because and I don't think the risk is just off the field scandal. Right there's also the oh, yeah. risk of maybe he's not the recruiter he was a decade ago. Although you know you do look at the 2016 class that he barely got the coach, and mm-hmm. there's an NFL there's an NFL tackle and Shea Patterson and a couple of receivers that anybody on the planet uh, would would have wanted coming out of high school. Oh, yeah. So even as recently as 16, he was signing with NCAA sanctions uh, hanging yeah. over his head. Yep. He was still signing impressive skill position players towards the end of his tenure at Ole Miss, and I guess the other risk would be maybe as an on-the-field coach, he's not up to SEC West championship level, although that remains to be seen, too, when he's on a more equal playing field with his with his championship rivals. I, 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 do, know, I do know that something that stood out, I think, in this process for Auburn is you know the fact that Hugh Freeze is you know his record as an underdog his his record when his teams are less talented the other was like he's got a pretty good pretty good track record with that and i think that's appealing because i've always said this about the auburn job auburn is a top 15 job but you've got several teams you play every single year that are always going to have more talent than you just because of their recruiting so you have to have some underdog mentality too you have to do some things differently and and, and Hugh Freeze has had that in his past um, you know, as a as a football coach, I will say this also about about Hugh Freeze. He's going to hundred percent, I think, look like a whole lot better fit than Brian Harson was from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to go a long way. <laughs> you talk about Auburn getting John Cohen, who was an AD in the SEC, to come into this job. You know, they don't get Lane Kiffin, but then they go and get somebody who was an SEC head coach at one point in time. That fit mattered so much. It's not, you know, I, I said it from the very beginning of the search. It's fit over resume. Brian Hartson had one of the best resumes in college football before he took the Auburn job, but he wasn't a fit. Hugh Freeze is a fit for the SEC because he ha- he's had that experience before. So, you know, I, I think that, that those aspects are going to be different. And when we talked to it like we did in the first segment, Bill, about transfer portal, hitting the ground running, recruiting, keep in mind, he, he, he gets to start flying right now. Right. Brian Harson <clears throat> came in during COVID. Mm-hmm. And not only was the fit in the recruiting. Yeah, he didn't operation, know anybody and couldn't couldn't see anybody face to face. And it never really got going even right. when those this now. This now if if you're looking at it from from that perspective, he's going to be able to you know kind of keep kind of get it going from the very beginning. And um he didn't shy away from it either in the press conference on on Tuesday when he said 
you know, he said it multiple times, I think, where he mentioned, like, look, in this day and age of the portal, we can get this thing turned around quicker than most. And you look at TCU, you look at Tennessee, you look at what, what South Carolina's done the last few weeks, you look at Illinois, you look at several places across college football, it's absolutely correct. LSU? LSU. LSU is the perfect example of it. Um, and, and they went and swung big uh, and, and got, you know, they're playing in Atlanta this weekend. So you you can do this real quick. USC. Man, USC's going oh, to the playoffs. There, could be, no there could be two schools. There could be two schools in the playoff that fired their coaches last season because the teams weren't good enough and jumped in to the playoff in one, one year later with USC. I mean, TCU didn't fire Gary Patterson, but it wasn't no, but new coaches. Exactly, right? Yeah, like it wasn't and exactly TCU, Gary Patterson was. And the TCU yeah. story is amazing to me because look at TCU's roster. They didn't go nuts in the portal. They didn't get a bunch of freshmen in that came in. It's basically basically the same guys, but they just had an offense and a defense that just fit them better. And it's like, and they made a quarter, they made a quarterback change, right? They made a quarterback change that sort of unleashed uh, more potential because wasn't it Chad Morris Jr. at the at the beginning Sometimes. of the season? And, and Duggan expected played, maybe Doug, by some. Yeah, but. Duggan played Duggan. Yeah. And Duggan, Duggan like took that by the horns this year, though he did a great he did a great job, and they're undefeated. It's like coaching matters, fit matters. Sonny Dykes is not a coach that has a history of being a championship caliber coach and like getting guys to you know he he's had some he's had a couple stops in his past that weren't like super, but what is he? He is a Texas dude who knows offense yep. and has unleashed TCU. You know, Lincoln Riley the same way with what he's done at USC. Josh Heupel at Tennessee. Like, there's so many examples of that. Does Auburn have one of those in Hugh Freeze is going to be the question. And I think within a couple of years, you're definitely going to know if they do or they don't. We need to get. I'm glad you mentioned. Oh, we got we to take a break. Yeah, we need to go ahead and get to the final break. Want to make sure we get that. We'll be right back. Hey, you can join in as well. 334-321-1390 as we continue here on the Thursday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one of The Drive. Don't forget, hour number two, David Pascal will be joining us at the top. And then Zepp Jasper, Tiger Takes, at the bottom of the hour. Auburn basketball getting ready to take on Colgate on, uh, well, tomorrow evening over uh, at, at Auburn Arena. Justin, uh, give us a scouting report on Colgate. Colgate is one of the most efficient teams in college basketball this season. They are top ten in three-point percentage. They're also really good from two when they're not getting their shots blocked, uh, that is. Have some turnover issues, but when they get their looks, they're really, really good. One of the best passing teams in the country as well. High assist rate. Uh, They shoot a ton of threes. Very experienced. They start four seniors and a freshman point guard. Um, That is... You know they're super experienced. They they shoot really well. They remind me a lot of George Mason, kind of early on. Maybe a little bit of what we saw uh, from um, shoot the team, Bradley. Uh, you know in, in Cancun. Um, it's going to be up to Auburn though to play really really sound defense and and see if they can uh, get some get some stuff going on the offensive end. The the, uh, the Colgate defense not necessarily. Um, one that is going to stop you uh, a ton, uh, but we know Auburn has had some jump shooting difficulties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Pearl mentioned it earlier this uh, earlier today. 
the 2019-2020 season was the last time Auburn played Colgate, um, and that was the year that ended with with, with the COVID stoppage. So it was part of the big start Auburn got off to that year. And that night, I think Auburn scored 95. Didn't shoot lights out from three, but really got to the rim and really, really scored around around the basket. If Auburn can be efficient around the rim, they should be able to take care of business. But they, it's an elite offense and an elite defense kind of squaring off, and it'll, I think it'll just ultimately come down to what happens on the other end of the floor. Auburn should be, uh, I would think Auburn should be deeper, and, and they're going to be bigger. Yeah, they are going to be. They are going to be bigger. Um, Colgate's got a couple of big men that they that they like. They're, they, I think, they have a seven footer that they play. But yeah, this is a team that um, you know they're a uh, they're a they're a small conference team that you see win their league most most more often than not. And it's they pass the ball really well. They run good half court sets. They mm-hmm. always get good looks, and they make you pay for for mistakes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that kind of team. And Bruce and uh, I, you know Mike Berger, my master, obviously the, is the is the big name with this. But they schedule a non conference schedule where these home games that they play, they're not playing they're not playing teams that are just going to get blasted out of the building. They're going to play teams that are, are experienced and you know make it to the tournament more often than not. And, and Colgate fits right in with. You know the the George Masons of the world, Bradley, St. Louis. Um, you know, not quite as good as those teams are, but um, or at least not as quite as good as St. Louis is, but uh, still still phenomenal. By the way, did you see uh, Yuri Collins had twenty assists last night? No, I didn't. Yeah, I can't remember who they played, but uh, hold, Auburn holding him to nine is going to end up being one of the better numbers uh, of the year for a defense. Uh, the St. Louis point guard, he's just been unreal good this yeah, year. Yeah, he, he is really really good. Uh, we've got a few minutes left here in the first segment. Dan with us uh, uh, via the phone as uh, Bill and Justin here in the studio. You can join in as well. Um, again, we've got special guests at a couple of times in hour number two. One of the things, Dan, that Justin and I were talking about during a break a little while ago, I think uh, is worth mentioning. I, I've had a couple of people asking, hey, we're, we're seeing about these possibilities of assistant coaches. Thought coordinators would be the first thing. And you would think, yeah, if everything was equal, Justin, that probably would be the first thing because when you're about to start pitching recruits and transfers, they'll want to know, well, who's who's running the offense or defense? I mean, it's Hugh Freeze's offense. But, I mean, who's running it so that they could know how they fit? But you brought up a good, uh, a good point when uh, you mentioned one of the offensive coordinator candidates. Yeah, so I talked, Possible. About, this, I talked about this in the mailbag today. Two big-name guys stick out to me. Big-name meaning that people would know who they were. Um, and, you know, Hugh Freeze said that from his press conference. Like, hey, these are some big-name guys. I might let them run. He did make the comment, though. Yep. Uh, we might be able to marry what we do in the red zone with what they do the rest of and, and build a really good offense. Two names to keep in mind there. Arkansas offense coordinator Kendall Bryles, obviously you know, pretty well known in the league at this point. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the future holds there for Arkansas. Well, Arkansas, I think, is going to have to make some changes. They're going to have to, gonna have to, they're gonna have to shake some things up a little bit. Um, Bryles' offense, I think Arkansas is in the 30s this year in yards per play, but pretty low in red zone scoring percentage. Keep that in mind. The other name that sticks out to me a ton is North Carolina offense coordinator Phil Longo, former Ole Miss offensive coordinator. They play this weekend. They play against uh, Clemson in the ACC mm-hmm. title game. Um, if you don't know Phil Longo, Longo was at Sam Houston State, had an awesome FCS offense, uh, and Hugh Freeze hired him to be there, uh, his offensive coordinator, um, the offseason before. De- December of 2016. Yeah, and then Freeze uh, obviously resigns in the summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, was there for a couple of years. Um, and uh, the word on Longo was, man, they can move between the 20s, but they couldn't finish drives. They averaged over 500 yards a game in 2017, but struggled big time. And in you've the red got, zone. like, that's, you know, Elijah Moore, DK Metcalf, um, what's uh, uh, AJ Brown, like that. It's, it's around that era of offense. And if you've watched North Carolina play this year, Good grief. They are pretty special. Um, and his his four years at North Carolina, I know last year um, they took a step back not having uh, um, you know, Sam Howell and, and those really good running backs that they had. Um, but actually, the running backs were the bigger thing for them. But Drake May, Drake May for a freshman, Phenomenal. is putting up yeah. some crazy numbers this year. And, uh, yeah, Carolina, Carolina's in a good spot. But So it's one of those things. If you don't hear any movement for Auburn's offensive coordinator in the next couple of days, keep in mind a candidate that has a past connected to Hugh Freeze could be coaching on Saturday. So Yeah, so that, that could that. be why there is not a coordinator announced or coordinators not announced if they're coaching this weekend. All right, uh, we're halfway done here on the Thursday Drive. Again, David Pascal from Chattanooga joins us early on in hour number two. Stick with us here on The Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Kevin Winter. Week 13 of the NFL starts tonight. New England will play host to the Buffalo Bills. 8-3 against 6-5. Bills, 3.5-point favorites, according to Caesar Sportsbook. The last two times Buffalo and New England have gotten together, the Bills have had the better advantage. So much so, they haven't punted in two games against New England. Bills begin tonight tied with Miami for the top spot in the AFC East. Kickoff two hours from now from a very blustery and windy Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Vaughn Miller, by the way, placed on injured reserve today with a knee injury. Blake Corum of the Michigan Wolverines. His season is done. Needs knee surgery. Michigan, number two in the college football playoff rankings. They will take on Purdue in the Big Ten Championship game Saturday night. Maybe, debatable, whether Michigan's already ticketed for the college football playoff. At the FIFA World Cup, goodbye Belgium, goodbye Germany. Both are knocked out before the knockout round begins. Morocco, Croatia, Japan, Spain, all moving on. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. 
Bill, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here in the studio. Dan uh, is is with us as well on the on the phones. Uh, we will uh, get back with him in just a little while. We have um, a couple of special guests joining us here in hour number two. And the second hour of the drive is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And uh, we will we will be heading to the Kia of Auburn hotline shortly and welcoming in David Pascal. And we'll take your phone calls again in just a little while. Um, so, so we'll give that number out again in just a little bit. It is day two of the Super 7 going on over at Jordan-Hare Stadium. We didn't talk uh, an awful lot about the uh, 7A title game, except to mention Trent Seaborn and Thompson winning their fourth straight game. Um, tough way for Auburn High to have the season come to an end, but another outstanding season, 12-2 and two on the year. But uh, they were just they were behind, I think, Thompson had three touchdowns before Auburn had a first down. Yep, they, last they did. Night. It was, you know, as someone who watched and covered a lot of Auburn High football this year, the one thing I really enjoyed about Auburn High is they played great complementary football, a defense, ball control, making smart plays through the air. Thompson was just, I mean, that that that's a team that's got several Power Five guys on. Oh, they've it. got it just, some. They've got some five stars, and it's just it, it, and, that, and an eighth grader who isn't ranked yet. Yeah, is a, just a pure kind of talent talent difference. Um, you know, Auburn High played hard. They did a good job of not folding in the second half, and you know, put some points on the board and, and tried to keep it tried to keep it competitive with them. Uh, you know, as much as they could. But yeah, it was just you know, Thompson's got more talent than everybody else. I mean, keep in mind. Before they lost their first few games of the year to Buford and then uh, the the uh, Lipscomb in, in Tennessee, I mean, a lot of people were talking about Thompson could be w- one of the best high school teams in the country this year. They really played like it last night, and uh, you know Auburn High was just unfortunately the victim of it. Uh, but I mean, the way the the path and the and the and the uh, uh, the grind it takes just to win the South in seven A now, um, just with Central and all you know and and how. Uh, tough uh, football is down here. Um, still phenomenal season for Keith Etheridge and the, and the Tigers. Uh, and and we mentioned and we talked about it a little yesterday when and we were talking with Scott Bagwell, the voice of the uh, the Tigers. In between the games, congratulations to the Auburn High girls. Yeah, winning the um, state flag tag title. The uh, Super Seven continuing today, and congratulations to former Auburn staffer uh, Jimmy Perry and mm-hmm. St. James. As they come from behind yeah. in a big way and beat Piedmont today, forty-five to twenty-eight. They were down twenty to ten at the half. Were struggling offensively and just exploded in the second half. The uh, St. James quarterback, um, at one time, was six for seven for two hundred and forty-eight yards and four touchdowns, and that was like in the first. Uh, that was through the third quarter and the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, phenomenal comeback there. And uh, beating Piedmont is... Well, Piedmont, yeah. Well, Jason Caldwell was talking about it yesterday. He said, you know, you got some similar things uh, going on with some of the matchups with uh, Piedmont, a team that's used to being there. St. James is sort of the, the newcomer. And it, it, it seemed like they were, they were a little uh, in awe in the first half, but man... They, uh, they, they made the adjustments, really played well. You've got the 1A title game going on right now with uh, Pickens County and Leroy. 
Um, I, I have not seen a score on that. I was trying to find a score on that. Uh, if we get it, we'll update you on that. And then the 5A title game tonight with uh, Charles Henderson and Ramsey. So, I mean, some really good football going on over at Jordan-Hare Stadium. So we'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll try to keep you updated on that. You mentioned Lipscomb, uh, who had knocked off. Lipscomb, of course, is, uh, uh, is, is the school that is providing UAB with its next coach, Trent Dilfer. And I saw they won the, uh, they won their state title in Tennessee today, 42 zip. Yeah. Absolutely dominant, dominant high school team up there. Uh, by the way, Leroy up 26 to six on Pickens County midway through the third quarter of the oh, one, okay. of the one A title game. Uh, I, I know where, I, I know where Leroy is. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that, yep. that's, that's, that's a school in, in my high school's old region. So, yeah. and I'll tell you the, the nightcap tonight. Um, if you have a chance to watch it, or uh, uh, even if you're in the area, you might want to pop over and watch it. Ramsey and Charles Henderson should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That Ramsey team came and played Auburn uh, this season in the in the regular season. Uh, fantastic team. Um, you know they they were really really impressive and gave a gave Auburn a heck of a fight. Um, Ramsey's got a quarterback that I think people are going to be talking about here. I, th- I believe he was a he's either a sophomore or junior. Um, he might be a. I th- I think, I think he's a junior. Yeah, I think people are going to be talking about him as as a recruit here in state next season a lot. Um, really, really impressed with him. Huge arm, very talented, well coached team. And then Charles Henderson, man, like when Charles Henderson's good, as someone who, uh, as someone f- formerly from South Alabama, when Charles Henderson's good, they're really good and uh, mm-hmm. making it back to state this year. Uh, that should be that that should be a very very fun matchup uh, later tonight. Yeah. So uh, and, and then you've got the four two and six a. Uh, to to wrap things up tomorrow. So uh, so yeah, it's great to have the great to have the Super Seven in town. We've been efforting uh, David Pascal. Uh, haven't been able to get through with him Did through to him today. Yeah, I tell you what, we'll, we'll we'll get Dan back on and we'll continue. And we'd love for you to join in. So uh, we'll go ahead and and open up the phone lines. Let you know that the Kia of Auburn hotline number is three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Uh, so, so we'd love for you to, to join us with anything on your mind sports wise. We, a uh, couple of the, uh, news items of the day. Let's see. Auburn has, uh, uh, Hugh Freeze has, has, is bringing some staffers with him from Liberty. That's no surprise. What, uh, what, what we're still trying to figure with some of these folks is will they be on the field or what positions will they have? Jeremy Garrett is going to be Auburn's defensive line coach. Uh, he, he had been uh, at Liberty before that with the Cleveland Browns. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he went, I believe he's an old Miss grad. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, he's a native of, of northern Mississippi up there in the, uh, I think, think it's Senatobia is where he's originally from. Great name. And, uh, then was a GA at Vandy before he got an opportunity in the NFL and then to Liberty. And, uh, so he'll be the defensive line coach. It appears that, uh, Auburn is bringing in the tight ends coach from Liberty. And uh, I I need to look at his name again so I can try to uh, pronounce it. I think I think I can pronounce it when I see the name. Uh, do we have Do we have Dan with us? Dan, you want to you take a shot at 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 what uh, I believe it's Igamawa. Ben Igamawa, I believe is. Oh yeah, is, Ben Ben yeah. I think Ben Igamawa is the uh, is the Hawaiian uh, Samoan, uh, native, I think. Right? It, is he Samoan? Okay, I didn't I didn't want to get that wrong, and maybe I did. Uh, but the uh, 
Uh, he, he's a he's somebody who's been, a, you know, part of uh, you know. He, he talked about the big role Hugh Freeze has played in his life. He's coached Liberty uh, recently, uh, and before that was, uh, was was what's the what's the school bill where um, I believe he played uh, for him at Lambeth. Lambeth, he yeah, that, that's yeah. He was he's a Lambeth guy. He was at Ole Miss uh, as an analyst and a GA and a, a community relations guy. I think. Uh, but but not an on-field coach, but he was there at Ole Miss the whole time, too. So this is a guy who spent a lot of time around Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. And we saw, I mean, it's not, I think some people may immediately have flashbacks to Brian Harson, right? And think, oh, you know, he's trying to try, trying to fill his staff with, with yes-men and familiar faces and all that stuff. But that happens everywhere yes. with new coaching administrations, especially when you bring in someone who's had success as a head coach they, before. Hey, you want guys that understand to, your system. Right, and and sometimes that can come from inside uh, the uh, you know the, the the coaching tree, and it can come from guys that have worked for you in the past. Sometimes it can be uh, you know play uh, former players. Sometimes it can be uh, guys that you you know can can can, can get a strong recommendation uh, from somebody that you trust. And and either either way, uh, yeah, not surprising to see at least a couple of people from Liberty uh, make the trip with Coach Freeze. And, and yes, Ben uh, Igamawa, I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. Uh, I got my yeah. I got my That's what it looks maybe. like, um, and and we're 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 we apologize if it's not great, man. Dan and I were trying to check YouTube to see yeah. if there were any interviews yeah. with him where somebody said his name, and all the interviewees, I guess, were scared to try because they go, <laughs> "Here's an interview with the tight ends coach," and there it goes. You know, I mean, they never yeah, they never. Ben. Yeah, Ben, how's it going? But uh, anyway, a couple a couple of additions it appears there the. Um, the dead period ends at midnight tonight, Justin. So I'm, I'm expecting, uh, Auburn coaches to be on the road bright and early. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, uh, obviously it's state title weekend here in, in Alabama. Playoffs going on, uh, still elsewhere. I mean, it's just going to be a super, super busy time. And, uh, Auburn's staff internally, um, you know, the ones who are involved in recruiting, um, they sound pretty confident that Auburn's going to add more. The, the flips and the current, com- you know, recent commitments, uh, the, the edge rush from Opelika not too long ago, that's just the beginning. They think they are going to make some noise here down the stretch uh, and uh, add on to what I think is also going to be a pretty big transfer class for Auburn. 334-321-1390. A reminder, uh, we'll spend some time with Zepp Jasper as we begin our basketball Tiger takes at the bottom of the hour. Till then, we'll open up the phone lines and let's get to the phone. And James is up first. Hey, James. Hey, guys. So, um, if y'all had a pick or guess, who do y'all think would be OC and DC for Hugh Freeze? You know, I, I, OC, I, the, the two names we talked about in the last hour, the two names that make the most sense to me would be either Phil Longo from North Carolina, who, who Freeze hired at Ole Miss, um, before he, before he resigned, and, or Kendall Browse from Arkansas. Those are the two big name ones that make a lot of sense. I know there was a guy in house with, with Liberty, um, Kent Austin, who yeah. played quarterback at Ole Miss. Yeah, that yeah. might be, that might be a name to keep in mind. Defensive coordinator, I'm going to be honest with you, Bill. I have not heard as much on the defensive coordinator. I think it's end. just been pure speculation, people trying to you know, reach out there and go, is, it, is there ever been any contact here or who may be a, a likely candidate? I, I mentioned Chris Kiffin just because yeah. of, of the relationship he has with, with uh, Jeremy Garrett, who's been uh, brought in as the D-line coach. Okay. I was just curious because um, I didn't know. 
And that, that was the other thing, too, I, I thought about. Is he trying to get somebody that can coach the position and recruit, or is he just trying to get recruiters, or is he just trying to get a mixture of both? I, you know, I, I think I think from the way Justin, I, I took it from his press conference, he was talking about X's and O's defensively. Yeah. He wants a defensive coordinator who is really strong with X's and O's, and it sounded like everybody else, they better be able to recruit. Mm-hmm. Not that the X's and O's guys shouldn't be able to recruit, but I think yeah. he wants an X and O's guy there at defensive coordinator, but he sure wants recruiters. And I'll, and I'll be interested to see, considering Auburn had, um, you know, they're retaining Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge, if there might be a pull like there was the last time Auburn uh, had it had an opening uh, that they could uh, – that they could get somebody with maybe some Auburn ties. And obviously, mm-hmm. when you think of defensive coordinator, defensive coaches, there are two former Tigers who are coaching at the University of Alabama in non-coordinator positions right. and would always be somebody. One of them's got a co-title, I believe. Yes, I believe Charles Kelly has a co-title. But, yeah, Tavares Robinson has been a coordinator in this league mm-hmm. um, and, and is now and is now DBs at Alabama. And then, and then Charles Kelly, um, you know, obviously has been a defense coordinator at Florida State and has that job there. So those would be names that, like, pure speculation on my part, but those would be names that, you know, if, if you want to get somebody who knows this league and knows this school, um, that could be that could be a thing on, on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously the Saban tree and the Muschamp tree and all the interwovenness there um, has a pretty good track record uh, with coordinators. Any yeah. thoughts on that, Dan? You know, it's, it's uh, with, with offensive coordinator, I don't know. I guess I'd be surprised if it was a really big name like the guy's Justin – uh, has has singled out because they would be leaving you know some degree of autonomy right like it's sort of their show uh, and, well, and if Auburn pays enough you know it really doesn't matter right you'll share credit with you freeze uh, in, in that regard and it would surprise me said, a little bit and you said he he might be willing to to give up play I think depending on who it is right yeah. I think I think he would be willing to give them some advice if they're struggling in the red zone though and still let them call no, the no, plays. But those are I, th- I think regardless of who your head coach is, those are two of the top offensive coordinator candidates on the board. If you're making a change, right? I mean, those are two of the the top, you know, the, the top names. If Coach X, especially mm-hmm. in the Southeastern Conference, is, yeah. is looking for a is, is looking for a new offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley is the only Garrett Riley is the only one I think that would be that would supersede both, just with what TCU's done this year. And obviously, TCU's going to be playing for a little while longer if they if they hold hold steady on Saturday. I'm really interested to see if it's somebody with you know a, a, a direct or even kind of an indirect tie to Hugh Freeze, or if he's going you know sort of off the board and grabbing a, a top tier offensive coordinator because he's really impressed with the guy in his resume. Well, you know, I, I, I think it would have to be tempting to him to get Phil Longo together because he never had a chance to coach with him except for the spring game. And man, North Carolina's you know? offense has been has been humming. And not perfect. Um and I know there's been some frustrations with them <laughs> finishing drives and stuff like that. But like you free said in his press conference, maybe you marry some of what you can do in the red zone with people who are good between the twenties. Three three four defensively it does yeah. Go, I was gonna say no, defensively go ahead. it feels it feels like spec it feels like speculation. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll see if if uh I guess the same thing applies. You know, we'll see if it's somebody who, you know, has a tie to Hugh Freeze or, or, or someone close to Hugh Freeze, you know, on the on the coaching tree or or if he went out and just got uh the uh, uh he he was just really impressed with the candidate and, and, and brought him in. Well, uh, it, it is interesting that we, we've got an idea as to some assistance and no coordinator. That does make you think that maybe they're busy this weekend. 
Three, three. One would think. I mean, I, I don't know how long they want to go without coordinators, right? I mean, oh, no. with the offensive one, maybe it's – I mean, if, if it's a huge splash – I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see – just like with the offensive, just like with the athletic director, just like with the head coach, you know, it'll make it'll make more sense after the hiring, most likely. Yep, we'll get to our first break here of hour number one. Brett, hang on, you're up. When we come back here on the Thursday Drive. Now, more of the drive, the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Thursday Drive, 21 minutes after 5 o'clock. Bill, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here in the studio. Before we get back to the phones, Justin, just... uh, uh, we've sort of gone, uh, you know, longer than usual without mm-hmm. really letting you know what all folks will find there at the Observer. Yeah, it's been a busy week, obviously. Uh, stories on Cadillac Williams. Uh, you know, we had a huge mailbag today on um, on Auburn football and basketball. Going to have uh, our, our premium podcast will come out tomorrow where we preview uh, the Auburn basketball game. I also have a newsletter about basketball as well. It's a busy time of year. There's something coming out pretty much every day of the week at the Observer. Uh, you sign up there, $6 a month or $60 a year to subscribe. And uh, everything we do gets emailed to your inbox. So check us out, auburnobserver.com. Ton of football, ton of basketball, busiest time of the year. It's been a lot of fun. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. And Brett is up next. Hey, Brett. Hey, Bill. Uh, right now, do we just know as far as on-the-field coaches, Cadillac, the new defensive line coach, this Uwe Mongo, whatever his name is, do we know Zach Etheridge is going to be back? We don't know for sure. Zach Etheridge and Christian Robinson had not been let go in the rest of mm-hmm. the, the folks who were let go yesterday. So as it stands right now, they would probably be on track to still be on the staff, but um, still obviously stuff to sort out on the defense side of the ball. Okay, so... Well, let's let's say Zach and Christian Robinson stays now. Okay, so we basically stay the same at those three places. But tell me about uh, Uamongo and the defensive line coaches' uh, recruiting ties. So both of those guys have had. Let's see, the recruiting ties with the defensive line coach um, is a guy from Mississippi. Uh, he's a, he's a southeast guy. Now he was been in the pros. And then he is, uh, yes. and he's with, he's been with Liberty recently. So not a ton of SEC experience with either of those guys is great, except for you know, the tight ends coach served in a number of roles at Ole Miss under under Freeze. It, now I have read, and I, I don't know this. I've read a couple of people saying that he has very good relationships with coaches in Georgia. That he is he is a very popular guy in the state of the Georgia. Coach. The defensive line coach Jeremy Garrett. Uh, is is very well liked in the state of Georgia, and they've been recruiting a number of Langston Hughes players as well. So he's somebody who apparently is pretty well known there at Langston Hughes High School. Yeah. Uh, how about no? How about um, Kendall Simmons? Um, was he actually? Really, the main one involved with the offensive line after Harson left and Friend became offensive coordinator, or did, did they both coach the offensive line the last five games or so, four or five games? 
it, it was Kendall Simmons taking the position coach role. I think you know Will Friend was obviously involved with the offensive line, but Kendall Simmons I think did a lot of the position coach kind of heavy lifting and practices and whatnot with you know uh, with Will Friend having to concentrate a lot on game planning and and, and play calling and stuff like that. So yeah, Kendall Simmons did uh, have that have that role uh, and that responsibility on the, on the offensive line for the last few weeks. Tell me what y'all think of the chances of them letting him be the offensive line coach because if somebody can take the group we had yeah. over the last Point. couple of years and actually make them block the way they did, uh, if somebody doesn't see that something went on there, then I, I don't know what the deal is. That's a great point. I mean, yeah, the, one of the biggest surprises to me down the stretch was not the fact that Auburn could run the ball in the month of November because they had the talent and they were going to be committed to it. There, there, there were holes it. that hadn't been there all year. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, Kendall, <laughs> Kendall Simmons, I would be very interested to see what that would look like um, you know, moving forward. I know he did pen some sort of letter about thanking Auburn for, for you know his, uh, his time and, and the opportunities that he had. So, We'll uh, we will see w- w- what happens there, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who all kind of kind of shakes out with this staff. I don't I think you're going to get some Liberty guys. I think you're going to get some Auburn guys, and I think you're going to get some guys who um, you know maybe SEC guys or, or people that you know um, would make a lot of sense. Kind of like when Harson put his first staff together uh, at Auburn. That's just kind of how new staffs go these days. And in the case of um, Ben, I'm, I'm going to guess it's. Iga Maua, like I, I'm just. Oh, I'm there you go. Away. But the That's fact that one. the fact that we're guessing, the fact that we're guessing how to pronounce his name is an indication that you know, I don't want to talk like an expert about his recruiting recruiting prowess or anything like that. But as Justin mentioned, he was uh, along for the ride for for the entirety of of uh, of Hugh Freeze's tenure at Old Miss and two years after. And I think, I, yeah, and, and I think there was community relations was, was part of that. But he had a variety of different jobs and uh, and has has been. Uh, on the staff at, at Liberty, uh, so uh, so clearly Hugh Freeze trusts the guy uh, for for uh, you know increasingly important roles uh, within his uh, w- within his team. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety, and uh, we'll get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Specter is next. Hey, Specter. Well, thank you, Brett. Uh, I was calling in about Kendall Simmons, but uh, I noticed over the last couple games that uh, the offensive line was doing a lot better. So that brought me to the question, was Kendall Simmons, since he was responsible for that, especially in the Alabama game, is he going to be retained? Yeah, absolutely be a good recruiter, I think. I mean, he got a Super Bowl ring on his finger. Oh, yeah. I'd be very surprised if Kendall Simmons isn't, you know, part of the staff in, in one way or another. Yeah, maybe not offensive line coach, but maybe bring him back as uh, in a similar role he was before the interim. I, I think I think it would 100% make sense. Well, I'm going to go a different route since I – got my subject matter taken away from you. <laughs> um, uh, have you uh, speaking about the, the guy from Michigan, uh, Blake Crum, is that his name? Crum, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been wondering this all year long. Uh, have you guys noticed that the players of all teams, not just Auburn, of all teams nationwide are wearing coaches' shorts instead of football pants? Yeah, the the really really high high shorts that is, I mean the pants that has become a that has become a really really big like style thing that mm-hmm. you usually don't see guys wearing long longer pants anymore. Knee pads are kind of a thing of a past yeah, at, at this point. And uh, as long as the NCA like 
I think they relaxed their rules on that not too long ago. Uh, but that is that is kind of the style. Pretty much at every level of football, too, uh, is, kind, is kind of that thing. Well, that's an orthopedic dream, ain't it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you, you, you ain't kidding about that. That's right. I, I couldn't get over it as high as they wear them. Oh, yeah. No knee protection whatsoever. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're you, right. Yeah, and and you you take those shots right there on, on them. It's 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 bad news. Appreciate the call, Specter. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. On the other side, it's our first basketball tiger take of the season with Zep Jasper. So stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. Back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here in the studio. Uh, Dan joining us. We, we've gotten the Skype situation uh, taken care of. Drew has fixed that. Uh, and, and we are pleased right now that we have our Tiger Take segment coming up. Once again, uh, brought to you by Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at Law. Dot com and we're pleased to be joined once again this season seemed like uh, i mentioned this in hour number one i i said hey it's the same thing I, I said last year auburn senior guard zep jasper joining us here on our tiger take segment and uh zep man it's great to have you back with us again this year how you doing i'm doing all right now i'm excited to be back on you know i feel like it was you know, yesterday just being on, but I'm excited to be back on and speak basketball and speak life to people. Well, uh, congratulations uh, for the um, for the good start, seven and zero. I'll tell you what you you understand the expectations that Auburn basketball now has when folks are going, man, it's uh, you know a- a- acting like it's a struggle, and you look over there and there's a zero in the loss column. Um. Well, it, it always feel pretty good, you know. Being seven and zero, having zero um, zero losses and seven wins in that column, um, you know a lot of people, you know, expect us to be good. You know, coming out the gate, you know, we we didn't play some tough te- two tough teams, Northwestern and St. Louis. With St. Louis being a Ken Pun um, ranked twenty nine team in the nation, um, I give hats off to St. Louis because they was a great team. A lot of people didn't realize how good St. Louis was. They're a great basketball team. They ran by a great coach, great plays, great players, great system. And, um, you know, I give hats off to them, you know, with that being our first big game of the season. But also, 
um, with Coach BP having us in a position to start the season off hot um, by being seven seven and zero. Um, we practiced hard, you know, um, all summer to, to put ourselves in position to be seven and zero. So I give hats off to our coaching staff, our players, our fans, everyone. Without without us, without everyone, you know, it wouldn't be we wouldn't be who we are on the court. And Zeb, you guys have started off the season just on fire on the defensive end, on track to be top ten defense in, in college basketball once more. If you had to tell people just the one bit, like the biggest thing, the one biggest thing that makes you guys so dominant on that end of the floor, and that's obviously a big part of your game, what would you tell them? Like, what is the one key that makes Auburn basketball as dominant as they are on the defensive side of the floor? Well, when you look at Auburn basketball, you look at tough and grittiness, and you see all guys from one through five being able to switch. You don't see a lot of schools and a lot of colleges, their five-man be able to guard a one-man, be able to switch off and guard a guard and be able to move with feet. Um, you know, we, pra- we practice every day on being able to play tough and physical on defense and be able to switch out. You know, um, we pressure the ball. That's what makes us good on defense. We pressure. We make guys get out of their sets, even if they have good sets. We make guys, you know, do things that they don't want to do in their offense. Um, so that's always the good thing, you know, um, with Auburn defense. You know, we just one of those teams that can just guard every night and bring it every night with that energy on defense. We hang our hats on defense every single night. And there's no question. I mean, you look at it. You look at it uh, through the years, and and really just about any sport. Defense is something that can get you there. I mean, uh, championship. You know, championships. It's tough to win a championship if you don't play defense. So, uh, so, so that's great. Zep, I wanted to get you uh, to talk. I mean, you're, you're one of, uh, definitely the, the really experienced guys, the, um, you know, the older guys on the team. And you've had to go through, um, you know, so, so much turnover on the roster. Last year, we talked about the chemistry that was built. When you had, you know, Jabari and Walker uh, and Katie, you guys all coming together this year, you're one of the holdovers and you've got a lot more new faces and you're bringing them in. Just talk about how that's gone. I mean, apparently it's gone well enough because you're unbeaten. Um, wait, I think that's a good question because, you know, you know, a lot of teams look at us and we, you look when you Think about it. It's a whole new roster. It's like a it's like a turnaround because you had three guards in rotation last year. Had me, Wendell, and Katie in rotation, you know, just switching over. Now we come into this year, we have Chance Westry, Trey Donaldson, Katie Johnson, Wendell Green, and me. That's five guards. Mm-hmm. Five guys who can do a lot of great things and can do a lot – you know, a lot of different things with the ball. You know, uh, we're different in many ways. And, um, you know, it just, it's just a different different type of team, you know, than, than last year. You got me as shooting guard. I haven't played any point guard this year. So it's just a different type of team and a different type of atmosphere when you think about it and when you see us on the court. And I thought that was a very interesting question you asked me, and I, and I love it. Hey, Zip, what are the what are the biggest adjustments that – 
first-year players have to make when, when they get into Bruce Pearl's system. You, you were a, a player entering the system last year. Now you've seen a couple other guys as, as first-year players having to adjust to, to what Bruce Pearl expects of his team. What, what, are, the, uh, you know, what, what are the most uh, uh, what, what are the biggest adjustments the players have to make when they start playing for Bruce Pearl? Um, well, I think is you have to learn, you know, especially guys who are like freshmen. You know, he always talk on you, you got to be patient. You know, if you ain't the one and done, you got to know your role. You got to know where you got supposed to be, where you want to be in life, where you want to go. And I just think it's about patience. You ain't going to learn everything fast. You know, when I was a freshman in college, I didn't pick up as fast as the other guys did. I always wanted to be like those guys, but I had to learn that I had to be patient. I had to learn from those older guys. And it's going to take time. So I think our freshmen have to learn from us, but also be patient. Don't rush the process. He always tell guys, we need you. We need our freshmen. Don't think that we don't need y'all. We need y'all 100%. So I think it's you know, staying ready, stay bright and ready. You never know when your turn is going to be. And you also have to know you learn the game from many different guys, whether it's from guys in the NBA, whether it's from guys on our team that's older, that's been through the game. And um, he always tell us, like I say, stay bright and ready. Well, it, 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 uh, it helps to uh, motivate you to be ready when you're able to, you know, have as many players playing. I mean, the depth on this team, you know, Bruce is playing 10 guys and, and different, different, uh, matchups, different numbers from game to game, just depending on how things are going. It's great to have that kind of depth, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's great because, you know, um, I, we look at BP as like a motivator. You know, um, you might, a lot of people might see him yelling on the sidelines. And, you know, just screaming his heart out. But, you know, he loved to motivate guys. He loved to motivate guys that was the underdog coming out of high school or, you know, our transfers. Um, he's just one of those coaches that's going to get you where you need to be. He's going to put you in a position to be successful. And a lot of coaches can't do that. He puts you in a position that make you uncomfortable to get you comfortable when you get in the game. So I, we, that's what we look at BP and we look at him as like our, you know, like our, our, our guy, you know, not just a coach, but a mentor. Zeppa, uh, you guys, the 7-0 and start, one of the themes of this schedule y'all have played so far is that Bruce Pearl likes to schedule these, these mid-majors and these smaller conference teams that are constantly in the NCAA tournament, constantly among the best in their league. You guys got another one coming up tomorrow night against Colgate. Um, but a big picture question, just like how much does this stretch right here help you guys for what you get coming up later when y'all play SEC teams and power conference teams by playing teams from these smaller conferences that, that are not afraid of, of the moment and not afraid to play big teams because they've been in those positions so often? Um, well, BP always talked to us about, you know, these teams are going to be tournament teams. When you look at these teams – you have to look at them and say, where was they last year? They, Colgate, they made the tournament. Texas Southern made the tournament. St. Louis, they're going to be a tournament team. Bradley, they're topping their league. So when he schedules these teams, you know, they might not be ranked on, you know, when you turn them on on TV, 
But these teams know how to win. They're older, they're smarter, and they know they know what to do. They know what to do to get the March Madness, and that's everyone's dream. There's guys who played in college four to five years and still ain't get to touch March Madness. So when we think about it, it's a privilege to play against teams that are smarter and wiser and, and, and guys who make the tournament every year because we all know how how March Madness is. And, you know, you can lose any night, any night, you know. As I speak on last year, you know, Miami was the underdog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, they end up beating us. So you can lose them any night. Dan? Zep, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, go, going, going back to, uh, I think it was, it was Sunday's game uh, against St. Louis. The, uh, the highlight that we're going to see for a really long time, the, uh, the, the Katie Johnson pass to, uh, to, to Alan Flanagan for the, uh, for the dunk. Is that something Katie does in practice? Does he, does he, get, you know, does he get his quarterback on uh, when, when you guys are, uh, are, are messing around in the gym? And, and is that, uh, what, 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 what did you think of that, Zep? I thought it was a, I thought it was a uh, a Tom Brady, Randy Moss on the basketball court. <laughs> you know, I always look at Katie and, and 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 tell him, and look at him and say he ain't afraid of the moment. No matter if we lose, no matter if we win. One thing about him, he's gonna put it all on the floor. And you know, he's not afraid to 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 take a shot at the end of the game, whether it go in or whether it go out. He's gonna live with that because he lived for those moments. And Alan Flanagan, I knew he was going to deliver with the pass. KD passed to him. Because, you know, Alan, he lived for those moments too. You know, there was a lot of talk of last year what Alan Flanagan didn't do. What he was supposed to do. He was supposed to be this, that. But it's a new year. It's a new him. He's been great this year. And I think he's going to be one of the best players in college basketball again. You know, and and I'm proud of him. You know, just coming back from that injury, you know, being successful, you know, and he's going to try to lead us to the championship. Talking with, without question, one of the leaders of the Auburn basketball team, and that's Auburn senior guard, uh, Zep Jasper. Zep, really looking forward to being able to spend some time with you as we head on through the season. Really appreciate you uh, spending a little time with us. Let everybody know how they can uh, follow you, keep up with everything that's going on. Well, my Instagram handle is R-I-P underscore Q-U-A-N 12. My Twitter handle is R-I-P underscore Q-U-A-N 5. All right, Zip. Uh, Again, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again next week. No doubt. Thank you all. Zep Jasper joining us as he will throughout the season on Thursdays here in this time slot. Uh, Tiger Takes proudly presented by Also Brook Law Group also on the web at alsolaw.com. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon, and we'll open the phone lines back up as we uh, wind things down here on the Thursday Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back in. Final segment of The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Let's see. Uh, I want to get into a couple of things here. Florida Atlantic uh, making their uh, next coach announcement today. Tom Herman is, yeah. is, is back in the game. Now, Florida Atlantic. Dan, what do you think of that one? You know, I think Tom Herman landed on his feet. I, I, uh, I you know, I think someone like him, he, he could have decided if he wanted to go offensive coordinator for a, a power five name brand or uh, try to win at the group of five level. Uh, I want to know, I think it's a fine hire by FAU. I want to know Justin's thoughts on Trent Dilfer because I, I feel like yeah. maybe he's not on board. Nope. Hey, he, he went out with a big one today. They, they, they wrapped up the state title, I think, 42 nothing. And by the way, David Pascal, uh, texted me and said that was their problem. They were doing the championship game and trying to get things wrapped up. That's why he couldn't come on with us. Uh, so he'll be on tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, um, there, there's a couple of friends of mine who people who are listening may know, uh, who cover coaching searches, uh, who said on their podcast this week, they called the UAB search one of the most disastrous searches in college football history. Um, how they ended up landing on Trent Dilfer. Um, so you can listen to all the details of that if you subscribe to Split Zone. But, um, I, I, look, if Florida Atlantic can pull Tom Herman, it's, I felt like UAB could, could have swung a little harder. They're, they're trying something that if it works, it'll, it could change, yeah. it could change the game a little bit. I'm trying to think, it feels trying... like a real, it feels like a real big bet on his ESPN experience, right? It's yeah. almost like thinking yeah. that he's media savvy because he worked at ESPN for a decade. And it's like, no disrespect to Jackson State, but you know, Deion Sanders had Deion Sanders had to go to Jackson State before he got these opportunities. Uh, jumping him at UAB, and I think UAB is a job that has a lot of potential. Heck, I mean, look, Troy's playing in the Sun Belt Championship this weekend in a year one. Shout system. out to Troy. Yeah. Shout out to Troy. Big, big, very excited. John Summerall, Coach of the Year in the Sun Belt this year. Absolutely deserved. I think South is continuing to pull. Dave to, Womack gets, a, yeah, gets okay. an extension after 10-win season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and UAB's got that potential. they got nice new facilities, that great, that, great, that great stadium that they've got up there. And it's just... The high school to college immediate jump for these coaches, it rarely, if ever, works. I mean, the last one I can think of that had been tried at the FBS level was when UNLV got Tony Sanchez from yeah, the, Bishop Gorman. Uh, yeah, from Bishop Gorman. Complete disaster. But he there. hadn't been there just, he hadn't been just coaching four years either, yeah, though, he had he? been there a long, yeah. long time. So I, I, I'm very, very skeptical of this. By the way, UNLV, what the heck happened there? Uh, firing Marcus Arroyo after after a five win season, they hadn't won five games in six years, and 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 they get fired. I don't know. I don't understand that one. But that was my thing. It's just like I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. There's a couple of boosters with like a ton of influence at UNLV that make these well, sorts of decisions. So I wonder. I wonder who they're going to go hire. Instead. That's not surprising. Was, that was kind of the whole done. thing in basketball. <laughs> that was their yeah, whole basketball yeah. thing for a while. Yeah. That, yeah. The Jerry Jerry, Tar- Jerry Tarkanian's book goes into some of this. Yeah. Yeah. There's a mm-hmm. yeah guy in a guy in a trunk. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey, I, I wanted to get uh, Justin's thoughts uh, on on the the official. 12 team playoff now and and uh you because you you were you were saying a little while ago during a break uh couldn't be a better news for auburn auburn i think is one of those schools that benefits most from this maybe penn state might be the other one i can think of where if you're a team that is in the toughest neighborhood in college football and your rivals are the most talented and the most well-run machines 
you only make a playoff in a four-team system when everything kind of breaks your way. This way, the way Auburn schedules, 10 wins, maybe even nine wins will get you in a 12-team playoff uh, more often than not. Um, this is this is a really, really good spot, and I think with Auburn turning over uh, you know, into a new era right now, you get this thing rolling quickly. By the time the, the 12-team playoff comes into effect, Auburn's going to be in the mix. I mean, if you consider a success – like. I think it's going to adjust the definition of what we consider successful seasons at a place like Auburn very, very quickly. And it should be. It should be. You shouldn't expect Auburn to go to Atlanta uh, you know, most years. You shouldn't expect Auburn to play for a national championship most years. But you can get in the hunt with the way Auburn, Auburn plays. Because as we saw in 2019, we saw it obviously in 2017. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to run the table to necessarily get in the mix because you you play the toughest schedule in college football year in and year out. So it sets up perfectly well for Hugh Freeze and, the, and this team to to do a really good, uh, really good quick turnaround. And then by by year two, I mean make some noise in year two, and and you could find yourself in the in the playoff. It's Auburn, Auburn, Penn State, and there aren't very many others that I feel like you know. I think Texas and Oklahoma now that they're mm-hmm. about to get into a tougher conference. It's just it's going to be a really good spot for the SEC to be in for sure. Justin, always always great to have you here in the studio. Uh, let everybody know uh, what what you what you got planned, what yep. uh, what should be coming up, as well as you know the things you know you're going to be doing. Yeah, so tomorrow we've got a, a lot of basketball. We're going to preview the Auburn uh, Colgate game in our podcast, and also we'll have a newsletter in the morning. So if you want some more insight on Auburn basketball, uh, subscribe to Auburn, the Auburn Observer tonight, and you will get both of those in the morning. And yeah, ton of stuff over football. We'll have roster management, staff management, recruiting. I mean, we're we're going to be keeping an eye on everything. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So AuburnObserver.com, sign up there. Dan, uh, have a good broadcast tonight. Appreciate it. Yeah, Troy trying to knock off the undefeated Arkansas Razorbacks hey, up in Fayetteville. The men, the get, men gave, yeah, the they men gave Arkansas quite a fight earlier this week. They, they did. I'll, uh, I'll be in the studio tomorrow. Sounds good. David Pascal will join us. Sonny Smith should be joining us as well, and we hope you will, our listeners. That's going to wrap things up for the Thursday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.